An arranged marriage for an inheritance? Forbidden love? A drunk millionaire in New York City? All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Arthur on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Reggie Parker. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake, a podcast where we discuss films and their remakes. Join us as we explore the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are Arthur, or the Arthur films. Arthur, the original, was made in 1981, starring Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli, John Gilgood, Geraldine Fitzgerald, Jill Eikenberry, and Stephen Elliott. Directed by Stephen Gordon. Written by Stephen Gordon. Just a little note, this is Stephen Gordon's only directorial um, of a major feature because he died of a heart attack a year after this movie came out. So, that sucks. That's sad. (laughs) Music by Burt Bacharach. Arthur, 2011. Starring Russell Brand. Ellen Mirren, Jennifer Garner, Greta Gerwig, Geraldine James, Nick Nolte, and Luis Guzman. Directed by Jason Weiner. Written by Peter Bainham. Music by Theodore Shapiro and Mark Ronson. Okay, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? My first experience with both films is for this podcast. I feel like 1981, that, that comedy, especially with like a British lead... Wasn't really on my radar growing up, and the 2011 wasn't really on my radar. I think at that point, Russell Brand appeal wasn't at its height um, from what I remember, so I've never seen either of these movies. You know, I'm in the same boat. I'd never seen either film. I sort of knew a little bit about Arthur, mostly from the critic. Every time Dudley Moore was on the critic, he was just this character from Arthur, and I didn't understand it. Like, why is this? Why is Dudley Moore always drunk on the yeah. show? Um, I didn't realize they were just doing the Arthur thing. And yeah, I wasn't really a big Russell Brand guy, so right. when the movie came out, I was like, eh, I'll pass on the remake. Um, but got to watch both for this, and they're pretty much the same it's film uh, plot wise. Same plot wise. Uh... Maybe some gender swapping with the characters and yeah. there's some other things that we'll talk about. But uh, overall, this is more or less the same film. Yeah. Maybe some of the names are ch- different too, which is going to make my synopsis a little vague in some areas. But right. before our comparison, here is our synopsis. Arthur is the heir to the Bach fortune. He's incredibly immature and seems to have no direction in life. One thing he loves doing is getting drunk in his home, New York City. His closest friends are his chauffeur Bitterman and servant-slash-parental figure Hobson. One day, Arthur's parent gives him an ultimatum. Agree to an arranged marriage with Susan Johnson or lose his multi-million dollar inheritance. He agrees to the marriage. Before he proposes, he accidentally finds love. And he wants to be with this new woman. He's all torn up about it. However, Arthur still proposes to the Susan Johnson, even though he despises her, just to get his inheritance. He's still lovesick over the other girl he met, though. Hobson, who can be cold at times, goes to the girl and tells her how Arthur feels. 
Arthur and his love get together, but unfortunately, Arthur still has to go through with the arranged marriage. Hobson becomes terminally ill. Arthur then stops drinking, the marriage is put on hold, and he takes care of Hobson until Hobson passes away. The arranged wedding takes place immediately after Hobson's passing. Arthur eventually breaks it off with Susan Johnson, much to her father's chagrin, and chooses to be with the other woman, his true love, even if it costs him his entire inheritance. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, as Arthur gets his inheritance and the girl he loves to the end. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That's the story of Arthur. A lot of the plot was the same. It's just uh, the name of the love interest was different, so I had to be pretty vague there, but almost all the characters are the same, except for maybe one gender-swapped yeah. character. But since there are so many similarities, I think we have to go into performances to kick off this comparison. And who better than our lead, Arthur? We have Arthur played by Dudley Moore in the original, and not Russell Wilson, but Russell Brand. Russell Brand. <laughs> in the uh, Russell Brand or Russell Brandt? I don't know. Just Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah. Okay. In the remake. All right, Reggie. How do you want to start this comparison? The way the two films start. We get sort of a stark kind of difference between our two characters. The Dudley Moore, I think I saw this in your notes, was the more boozy of yes. the two. His opening sequence is him with Bitterman driving around, getting drunk and looking for prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Versus the Russell Brand intro, it's a little bit more slick. Like you see, like I don't know, like the intro seemed almost more actiony than I was expecting. Yeah, and uh, you find Russell Brand basically. In the Batmobile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dressed up as Batman. Yeah. With Bitterman as his Robin. Pretty much. I mean, he's still drinking in this scenario, but you don't see that same act. And I think we're probably going to have to talk a lot about Dudley Moore's sort of portrayal and just mm-hmm. how he plays drunk on screen, which I think is about as good as you could without being actually <laughs> hammered. Yeah. He was inspired by his old partner peter cook okay we talked about right. during the bedazzled episode um the two of them actually kind of went separate ways because peter cook's drinking got so bad really yeah so wow. there's i don't know if it's completely inspired by him but i read somewhere that took a little inspiration from peter cook's drinking sure sure and i mean he's he's just the type of guy who like he doesn't care if you're in on a joke at all he yeah. like he hopes you are though yeah he does and he's like he's like come on this is funny right right he's He's kind of self-aware, but as self-aware as a drunk person can Absolutely. be. <laughs> he spends most of his time talking like <laughs> like this, and he makes like all these like quick like they're not dad jokes, but they're I don't know how to describe them. Like uh, they're just these maybe a little corny. Yeah, definitely like corny. Um, like I said, he doesn't really care if uh, anyone's laughing with him, although he wants wants you to be. And I think that, that actually captures a lot of that character where it's. This idea that yes, he's drinking for reasons that we, you know, we'll discuss as we talk about the movie. But um, he wants to be accepted ultimately, mm-hmm. although all his actions more or less drive him away from people. Mm-hmm. But um, I just found that he's very good at being like the stumble. He's very good at just like the slurring of the words. Like he, <laughs> Dudley Moore puts on a pretty. Pretty memorable. I mean, I think that's what people love about the movie. Performance um, with his Arthur yeah. take. Yeah, I think 
I thought when comparing the two Arthurs, I thought his um, drunk Arthur versus his sober Arthur, that there was bigger contrast. Yes. And his portrayal than there was with Russell Brand's. Um, like you said, he does a lot more jokes when mm-hmm. he's drunk. He does a lot more laughing. Yeah. Know? It's kind of like, <laughs> you know how uh, in a movie like you'll, or like Star Wars, you hear the Vader's, the marching, Imperial yeah. March theme? That's sort of like his marching theme, just his laughter. Right. It's like, right. once you hear him laughing like that, <laughs> and it's like, okay, he's drunk. Yeah. I know he's drunk. Um, it's right. a little over the top. Right. But you know, okay, he's in drunk mode right now, and everything he does is because he's drunk right now. And uh, as much as I didn't, I entirely agree with that. Like, I it was easy to follow. Right. At least, like, right. okay, he's obviously drunk, so he made a decision. Sure. <laughs> right. He and he went with it. Yeah. As opposed to Russell Brand's Arthur, who I guess is sometimes drunk. It's it, it's not as obvious. He when, never he never feels that drunk. Other than like the scene where in both films it's very obvious. Like, uh, there's sort of like the meetup. It's like the meeting with the love interest, kind of before the wedding, where he's clearly drunk there. I think Russell Brand pulls it off in that scene a little bit more than the rest of the film, where I don't I don't read drunk so much as just kind of like man-child. I know yeah. we, we've described a lot of characters um, in our films like that, but he's just really childish, likes to have a laugh, not nearly as kind of like forward and bombastic as Dudley Moore is, but like... Uh, I guess he's drunk because there's a bottle of uh, makers on the table, but he just does not feel to me like a drunk kind of through and through. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he has almost that dependency that Dudley Moore's order has to it. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't really... There's not really an obvious, I guess, tell that he's drunk or or tell that he's sober. He's kind of the same... When he's drunk and when he's sober, <laughs> right. like Arthur's like just like wild and like laughing all the time, um, the original. But then he's a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. You know, he still might crack a few more jokes, but he's definitely just like more reserved. Right. And holds back a lot more, and then he's just all over the place when he's drunk. And Russell Brand's kind of just the same. Yeah. Kind of all over the place. Kind of just snide remarks, being kind of a jerk, no matter if he's drunk or sober. Sure. Um, so I thought. I appreciated Dudley more with what he did. I agree. I think as you were uh, making a description right there, it actually kind of made me think about like drunks and stuff like that, and just like that idea of sure. You, when, you don't know any drunks. How no, I don't that? know any any <laughs> drunks at all. And I learned a lot of lessons from this film. <laughs> as a guy that's been on multiple athletic teams, one of which played rugby, uh, I know a couple drunks. You see it like it's it's kind of like his. Um, I don't know, like, it's his mask and cape. Like, that's his super, yeah. superpower. When he's drunk, he's able to be the kind of laughy, fun guy. Mm-hmm. And you're right, he's he does choose as an actor to be more reserved. Overall, character's there, but, like, it's dialed way down. And you can, like you mentioned, you can tell the differences. Russell Brand's just, a lot of times when they're doing the drinking stuff, they choose to do these almost, like, montages, you know? Like, um... yeah. This sort of thing where it's like Russell Brand's doing his thing and there's all this action around him, but he, he himself doesn't have a lot of chances to like clearly be the drunk. And I think that is a huge difference mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah, because I guess it's like they want to show you like, look at all these people having fun because Russell Brand's Arthur's getting drunk. 
I guess, as opposed to the original Arthur when he's kind of the only one right. getting drunk yeah. and it's just uh, kind of annoying to all, all the other people most of the time. Yeah. So, But it gives Dudley more to do. Right. Because you're not just zooming past his drunkenness. You're focused on his drunkenness as opposed to Russell Brand's Arthur where you're just like, look at everybody getting yeah. drunk now. Yeah, it's like um, the Russell Brand one. You see, obviously because of the, the time frame, but like, Media, social media, YouTube and stuff are actually more prevalent. So a lot of his exploits are actually sort of shown after the fact. Like you see the photo of him kind of like on all fours with the whip and it's like, okay, what's going on there? Um, You see the Batman sequence kind of more so after the fact than actually during it. And it's just one of those things where it's like if you don't show it, it's hard for me to relate to it. Yeah, it's one of those things where they're talking about it like look how crazy Arthur yeah. is Arthur you need to calm down because you're so crazy they'll show us yeah. right. <laughs> <The> movie right, <laughs> right. <laughs> show us like like the original film um beautiful introduction because when you do see him messing with people he's got his head out the window he's talking to uh prostitutes and stuff like that and he takes a hooker to dinner and he's at this fancy place yeah. and he's clearly hammered <laughs> like clearly hammered and he's like this is the princess of <laughs> like and it's just like him being out of control, and you get to see it real time, and um, you also do do get to see the aftermath. Again, both films has sort of the the next day yeah. sequence where Hobson gets introduced, but uh, you really do get to see Dudley Moore like here's a train set, and he's he's literally waking up in bed with not some girl he hooked up with, but like an actual hooker, <laughs> <laughs> and like there there seems to be sort of like protocol for this. Like, all right, you leave, don't you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, because it's a film, we've talked about this with other films, it's like that show-don't-tell aspect because it is a visual medium, ultimately. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I didn't realize, like, you get more of the after all Arthur's Madness in the remake as opposed to, let's let's hang out with him. Let's see uh, the fun drunk and why he's drinking and try to learn a little bit about him. And also, just going back to, like, all the movie stuff, Mm -hmm. like, that's cool. Right. All the movie stuff, but it's like, I feel like it's kind of almost a crutch that Arthur because he doesn't really do anything he has he spends a lot of money on this cool stuff right but all that's making me think of is these other movies yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of right. getting pulled out of this movie it's like oh yeah Batman Forever right it's specifically Batman Forever which is funny because it's a Schumacher Batman it's not the one you think uh, you would buy the Batman <laughs> right, for right but then you know to keep doing that like time and time again it's like uh, well, let's do something else a little different maybe. right right alright having there is a callback of that at the end, but like just mm-hmm. having like these movie themed vehicles and like movie themed apparel around. And you're right that when you're watching a film that hasn't really done much to like establish itself, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so just sort of like spend a lot of his time being like uh, having the Ghostbusters like uh, gun would be cool, or like having um, the Batmobile and like you said the wrong Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> having that Batmobile, it's just like all right. Like, again, yeah, I guess this would be kind of cool stuff, but, like, it it even still doesn't really rise to the point of, um, it is childish, but, like, these days we have examples of, like, super rich people doing this stuff, like, mm-hmm. a fantasy factory type deal, so it's like, yeah, it's irresponsible, but it, it didn't quite have that same sort of, uh, sadness of the dependency, like, the idea yeah. of this guy who's, like, just can't get his shit together, yeah, no matter guy, what. Guy has all the money in the world, and he's just fucking up all yeah. the time. 
And just, it was weird how the remake starts, because it starts like a Batman movie. Yeah, He's getting all suited up. And, like you said, just maybe make your own identity first right. before you're already parodying a movie. Because it just feels like right. it's just a parody uh, right off the bat. I mean, even if, like, you had, like, a scene of him, like, he's got the glass there and he's, like, drinking before he gets in the car. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't even, I mean, I guess both artists have but, like... Doesn't even really matter that he's drunk. Bitterman's not, right. <laughs> you know. Like he's driving, <laughs> um, but like the the whole idea of just opening like an action movie, like you said, just sort of you, you have to fully reset yeah. because it's not an action movie. Exactly. Whereas like the original Arthur, you're doing all of your character sort of world building as as we like to talk about right there. It's like he's clearly drunk. He's got this driver that's kind of annoyed with him, but kind of used to it. Um, you hear the... It's great, too, in the original, because you don't see Arthur. You see the car. Right. And you just hear the laughing. It's like Jaws. You yeah. hear the music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you're like, what is happening? Yeah. Right? It's drawing you in. And then, yeah. and then it's slowly, you know, unveiling the world of Arthur to you. Right. As opposed to the remake, where it's just like, it's Batman. It's like, okay. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I guess. <laughs> Right, it was like one of those things where, like, if I didn't have the context of the first film, I, I would have been really confused. Yeah, there it was like, it's like okay, I get there. They have a decent budget here, clearly, and they wanted to um, spend it, show you know that this is like a bigger film for them. But it just didn't capture the character. Well, I guess it captured the Russell Brand version of it, but it, I think, sort of based on what we're saying, that feels slightly inferior because he just doesn't showcase that same sort of flaw of being a drunk as opposed to this one where they're saying he's a drunk but really if you would have just said that he just refuses to grow up um you could have been the same thing same thing yeah, the, the booze didn't matter and i think that like the booze is more important for the character arthur mm-hmm. um than this movie is showing us that's true that's yeah. a good point do we want to talk about how they're you kind of mentioned Manchild before. Yeah. Do you want to get into that a little bit? Because they're both kind of <laughs> Manchild. Like, I wish you'd also say Russell Brand's significantly younger than Dudley That's Moore true. was. That's true. Um, but they're both kind of, yeah, both kind of Manchilds. They, Dudley Moore has, like you said, the choo-choo train. <laughs> he has a lot of toys still. Rubber duckies. Rubber, yeah, he's in the bath with the rubber duckies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Russell Brand is uh, watching a lot of cartoons and being read bedtime stories. Yeah, um, yeah. No. And, he, and he's not just watching, like, any cartoon. He's watching, like, super old cartoons. Like, yeah. the cartoons you think Dudley Moore's Arthur would be watching. Right. But, it, like, isn't, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not watching so, those cartoons. He's not getting read bedtime so, stories. So I guess it could kind of be a callback to the time for the original Arthur. I guess if you wanted to make that connection. But since that's not in that original film anyway, it doesn't really... Yeah. Make, like, it doesn't really make sense that he watches... Old cartoons. Yeah, old Looney Tunes stuff. I just didn't really get it. And they they sort of just... They reference it, but they kind of gloss over it. So, like, it doesn't seem that that important. But, like... Yeah, you get... I don't know. Like, they're... The other Arthur does feel... uh, Dudley Morris does feel more adult. Because he's in more adult situations, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm harping a lot. But, like, hooking up with a hooker within the first five minutes of the film... (laughs) Is, like, an adult subject matter. When Hobson comes in, and we'll talk a lot about Hobson, but, like, yeah. this first time, and Dudley Moore's getting in the bathroom, he's like, oh, do you want me to wash your dick, sir? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
I'm like, okay, it's got a little bit of edge. Yeah, of like, yeah, a little bit, a little like bit. pop to it. And um, I mean, the the original movie definitely has more edge because not only is he like with that hooker, yeah, but like when he has dinner with her, right? Like, she mentions how she got raped when she was like yeah. six or something. You were like, 100% wow, about that. yeah, I wasn't ready for that. You're right, you're right. So they cover a lot of heavy subjects but, in the first like ten minutes of the original comedy. But comedy, that's true. <laughs> but like, even when that happens, he. Like, instead of being like, oh, my God, this yeah, is so yeah. bad. He, he, like, goes right into another joke. He's like, so you had a pretty good six years before that. Though, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I, I love that, like, when those bits land. I think, um, and this is probably just, like, my patience with drunks in general in my life now. It's like, there are times where I get annoyed with the Dudley Moore Arthur. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. oh, my God, why would you do this? Why would you do that? But it's like, yeah, that's what... He would do. <laughs> That's what's wrong to do. You know? And um, you're right. Just that other element of, um, I don't know. Like, I get why Russell Brand's supposed to be more buttoned together. Because, like, they actually bring in, like, they actually bring in the companies that his family owns. And, like, how he's affecting, like, stock, I guess. So, like, that is more grounded in realism, I guess. But it's just, I don't know. Like, there's plenty of, like examples in the real world of like kids of rich families that don't have their shit together yeah and like it, it's not that bad like Paris Hilton for instance didn't sink her family's empire yeah, I just think helped make a lot more oh money. yeah agreed I think that they were getting more into how this could affect a business and I didn't find that as compelling as like this case study of this one kind of mm-hmm. drunk guy I yeah. felt like he was more important than his wealth yeah yeah definitely Anything else about the man child stuff you want to talk about, or? Because uh, I think I think um, I think that stuff comes into play more once we get into like the love interests mm-hmm. and some of the more responsibilities the character picks up throughout the film. Like him being a man child at first mm-hmm. doesn't really hurt much because although it is like he's in the papers and the tabloids, there there isn't anything grounding the characters yet. If you're just looking at them, so it's like okay, this is irresponsible, but it seems to be fine because he's still rich. And I think once. We introduce some of the drama or, like, the problems as they are. I think that's when maybe we can kind of, like, segue back into, like, man-child and how it's affecting. Even even without even without getting into the other characters and how they affect them, I don't think much changes for me here. I, I greatly prefer the Dudley Moore, Arthur, to uh, Russell Brand. Agreed. He's just the easier one to follow. Mm-hmm. I think that whole wanting to have everybody to have a good time like he is. Uh, I thought that was a really charming yeah. trait. I didn't really get that so much from Russell Brand. He didn't seem like it mattered if everybody around him was having as much fun because we just go past those scenes so fast. Right. There was a scene where he was giving out money to everybody, but then we just immediately go to the next day where everybody's hungover. Yeah. So it's like, if I can get a little more of right. that night before, right. like you said in the weekend, the original, but... Uh, yeah, I just thought Dudley Moore was a little more enjoyable. Yeah, I think that they, um, in the remake, they miss a lot of opportunities to flesh out the character. Um, I think they, they find some more opportunities with the love interest to flesh out the character. Mm-hmm. But I think in these interactions where you're having the people over, it's important for us to know sort of how Arthur's nights are going as opposed to just kind of like doing these like, Kind of, kind of hang over yeah, like, flashbacks like yeah. what happened or flashbacks and just like you don't even hear any of the other characters because like there's just like a score over like these scenes where like he's the sole thing and like everything else is going fast around him 
It's like I guess that's kind of what drinking's like, but um, I can relate more to the guy acting drunk than you know the idea of like blacking out. It's kind of like this. It's like yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess you know. And let's go on. Uh, let's talk about another characters that'll help us flesh out the sure. others more too. Obviously, number two important character I think is Hobson. Hobson's very important. Portrayed by. John Gilgood in the original and Helen Mirren in the remake. So that's one of our gender swaps that we yeah. have in the remake. Absolutely. Uh, should we get into the character? Did you want to talk about the gender swap? The gender swap, you know, I don't think it, it greatly affects the character that's gender swap because I think you're kind of getting, you're more or less getting the same thing where it's like whether it's replacing the father he doesn't have or replacing the mother he doesn't have, mm-hmm. it kind of brings you to the same place. I think actually having it be a woman in the remake feels more, um, oh boy, the feminists are going to kill me, but like, <laughs> it feels more like she's mothering and like nurturing. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Which, <laughs> okay, I'm glad you said it. Yeah, don't worry, I'll take the heat, I'll take the heat. <laughs> it did fit that, um, I think it did fit, like I don't know if it necessarily put it over the top for me in any way, but just like the idea of like, his mother is so absentee. That this this woman has been like filling that role, um, and then we, I mean, we'll talk about it, but we learned to her own detriment. I, I don't know, like, yeah, it kind of fit that character that he needed a mother, but um, it didn't. I don't think it really changes enough for me to lean either way. Like you said, I do think he was babied more, and I don't know if that's that maternal thing or if it's just like the script because, like we said, he gets. In the remake, he gets read bedtime stories. Right, it does right. feel like he's a little, you know, a little babied more. Sure, um, from Hobson there. I mean, they're kind of essentially the same yeah. character. They're both I, uh, pretty snarky, and they're both very um, serious at times. Sure, they can be humorous also. It seems like uh, Helen Mirren's Hobson got a little screwed over more. In her yeah, life. it seems like it. Um, um, but just... yeah, but I guess the you know, the main thing about being if it's a man or a woman, as Hobson is now, it has to be the dad right. who's in charge of the inheritance, or it's got to be the mom in right. charge of the inheritance, right. because it has to replace that uh, person in Arthur's life. Yeah. Um, but I guess it could have been father or a mother figure. It, I don't think that that ultimately changes anything um, for the character. Um, maybe, like, I don't know if it's a sign of the times thing, like, maybe... People were putting more emphasis on growing up with a dad at, yeah. v- versus now, where it was like maybe you see a little bit less of that. I don't think it really mattered. I think it was just really the choice of who who's a good actor or actress mm-hmm. of also yeah. like sort of British descent that we can sort of use for our yeah. our remake. I'll say this: like for me, even though like it's, it's clear in both films that Hobson's ultimately like this sort of paternal figure, I felt like in the original. There's a little bit less throughout the entire film, by the way. There's a little bit less hand holding. Yeah, and um, it was not apparent right away that Hobson is filling this role because right. he is being like not a dick, but he, he like he gives as much as right. He, he's there's taking. pushback from uh, his Hobson, absolutely, and like you still kind of get the pushback from Helmiron, but it's like it's like these snarky lines that also, but like she's still just still doing the thing. I don't know, like. That one little line, like, about, Washing like, the, the dick. dick. Yeah, yeah, it really, that really sets up Hobson for, like, the rest of the movie. Yeah. You're like, this, okay, that's who we're dealing with yeah. here? It really is an important line. I think it's a huge line because it gives Hobson some bite. Like, it's like, okay, like, I'm not here to just 
take your shit. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it back. Whereas, like, yeah, Helen Mirren's giving it back, but not, I mean, that one line makes huge difference. Definitely. And, yeah, she, Helen Mirren's pops and definitely doesn't push back as much. She's, she feels like more she's trying to just guide him in the right, right direction. Right. And, but, there, you know, she, she's not a total pushover, but, you know, when you start off, your character like that, like immediately, yeah, pretty much. And That's like then, the opening line almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it really helps establish the character. You know, uh, the power structure right. pretty early on right. in the original, and then the remake. You, because I guess I'm a little biased because I already saw the original, so right. I kind of already knew the power structure. Right. But I don't feel like they established it as well as the original. <laughs> nah, I mean, like right there. Um, though you find that, like, all right, this is part of it. This is. This is kind of Hobson's way of trying to help Dudley Moore's Arthur grow up. Um, it just felt, it felt like early on in the film, I didn't really know what was going on. It was like this Bitterman-like Arthur mm-hmm. does Hobson-like yeah. Arthur. Right. And like, that's an actual question that you could have right. in that film. Whereas like, I do feel that a lot of what this remake sort of does, and you know, I guess we'll get into whether right or wrong. What it does is it fleshes things out in a way that feels me a bit like hand-holding. Where yeah. it's like, don't worry, Hobson lights him. Yeah, this yeah. is just, they're having fun, but like this is like a mother figure, and they like really establish that early and often. Yeah, that's true. I liked, um, I definitely liked in the original how you weren't sure about Hobson. It wasn't until one scene in the original where I knew, okay, Hobson really does care about Arthur. Right. It's when Arthur was in his father's office. Yes. And then a guy just comes up, and he's like, I can't, can you believe that he is going to be the one who inherited everything? And then Hobson says, like, why don't you go, like, I forgot, or suck a dick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says something, like, yeah. to really stand up for Arthur. And it, right. it's like, okay, at that moment, you knew. Right. Um, but I feel like you, you're right. The remake, there was more, more hand-holding. You kind of knew right away that Hobson was looking out for Arthur's best interest. I mean, she was going through the phone, deleting all the photos. Right, right. And so you knew pretty immediately that she's on Arthur's side. She's going to mm-hmm. take care of Arthur. She didn't have that pushback line about like washing your dick, <laughs> so, um, so funny. which was really funny. Um, so yeah, less hand holding. Uh, I'm gonna give it to the uh, original Hobson in that part. Yeah, definitely in that regard. Um, I think Helen Mirren does a, a bang up job. Like, yeah, she's she's, she's a, one of the strongest characters in the remake. Completely strong character, well acted. Um, does does a lot with what uh, what she's given. I think both of the. Uh, Hobson's pull that off like they bring weight into a film that otherwise is just purely like kind of this drunken comedic thing but like there's a character here that's steady throughout the film and um I think both of them pull that off um I found because of the arc as well I actually found the uh the male Hobson's uh death um and maybe again you're right because i watched the original first maybe i knew what was going to happen right but i found it more surprising and more kind of heartfelt and i think it goes back to what you were saying before that the response to hobson dying in the original is portrayed much more like of a turn for arthur he looks physically like healthier he looks more like adult as he's taking care of his mm-hmm. friend who spent his whole life taking care of him. Um, and I felt that Dudley Moore seemed to be tur- really turning a corner right. with this Hobson. Uh, I didn't get the same um, same arc for 
our characters um, with Russell Brand and Helen Mirren. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get that feeling either for I guess a couple of reasons. Well, in the original Arthur, when he meets his love interest first, he says, mm-hmm. you know, he's really drunk when he says this, so you, you're not really sure like how true it is. But he's right. like, you know, if you ever need help, I'll take care of you. Right. I will take care of you, and you actually get to see him do that right. with Hobson in the original, and I thought that was really a beautiful moment. Yeah. It was pretty stupid, silly film. Um, just to see that, oh, he really meant it. This is a genuine, uh, good guy. Like, right. He really means these things he says when he's drunk. So I thought that was a really adult nice a moment for him. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, Russell Brandt, when he's taking care of Hobson, you know, he, he does the same thing. He stops drinking. Um, he doesn't have, I guess, the same physical change that right. the original Arthur has. But he also kind of messes up with his love interest after that yeah. as well. We'll get yeah. into it, I think, when we talk about her mm-hmm. more. So it's not, it doesn't seem like much of a turn because he's still making kind of the same mistakes right, that right. he made before. Like, like while Dudley Moore's um, character is, like, I mean, like, you, you could say, wow, like this, you could stop the movie there and be like, what a redemption yeah. story for the guy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at least that's how it seems during that entire interaction. Really, in that time before he sort of, Gives way to his own sort of depression. Um, in that time, he he he's making very adult decisions and he's doing things the right way for the first time in mm-hmm. his life. And like you mentioned, when you add this element of like Russell Brand's character still able to screw things up, um, he's not really learning no. lessons in this time period. Like he feels bad and he wants to take care of his friend, but he's not. He still seemingly needs help. Yeah. Um, and his turn doesn't really come till almost the end, mm. which we'll totally. get to. Totally, but um, no, I think you're right. Um, the way Dudley Moore comes in with the toys when he finds out Hobson's sick, like the time that they spend together feels more organic and real to me. It did feel like that Hobson appreciated it in a way where, like Helen Mirren, to me, although she accepts yeah. this Arthur's like Darth Vader mask. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's still a little silly without the weight where it's like alright when they get pop guns and they're putting cowboy hats on it it's a silly thing happening but like again Darth Vader is another movie reference another kind yeah, of yeah exactly like, right yeah just riding okay you like Star Wars well we're doing Star Wars too we, right. like, we like it so you yeah. like us I was kind of sitting there I was like I kind of hope they put this Darth Vader mask on Helen Mirren oh yeah there you <laughs> like, go like I did I did want to see that because I was like is Dame Helen Mirren gonna yeah. <laughs> gonna do a Star Wars thing but at the same time it was like I shouldn't be thinking, is Helen Mirren going to put on a, a, a Star Wars mask? Because, again, I'm not thinking about the movie at that point. I'm thinking about yeah. the actress. Right, and, like, right, right. the other film made me feel like, how is this Hobson's rough patch, or, you know, death ultimately, how is this going to affect the character? I wasn't thinking about the character as right. much here. I just wanted to see something cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that that's kind of what the remake is good at, at being like, huh, let me see how they take this on, you know? But I think that, to the the loss of, again, some of the weight, like, as goofy as the original movie is, there's there's heart in there that just, um, it's surprising, actually, how much of that is in that film. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I said already that I prefer the original Hobson. And I I went on a whole rant (laughs) that led nowhere, as I want to do. Um, No, the original Hobson is the better Hobson in terms of impact on story as well. The Helen Mirren thing, they do flesh her out with um, the story of, like, she gave up on her own love to keep raising Arthur. Oh, yeah. Which is 
again, nice. It fleshes things out a little bit more. Makes her death a little more tragic. I think that... What did you think about that? That they included that? Because the original Hobson, it's not like he gave up right. a life I th- for Arthur. I think it actually was unnecessary. Yeah, I didn't think it I, added anything. I think it made her life more kind of tragic than it needed to be. Cause, yeah. uh I mean, even even with all of her efforts, like if you're looking at the movie at that point, it hasn't really accomplished anything for this gentleman. Like, she gave her best despite herself, and he, like, is still kind of a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Um, it was like the original Hobson was like, it's sad enough that they, they were friends. It's sad enough that they were friends, so we didn't we didn't need it. So, uh, again, wrapping all this up, original Hobson is my, my go-to. Yeah, I thought Elamir did fine. I thought it was unnecessary to add this sad backstory that she had to give up her life for Arthur because yeah. uh, his dad passed away. So, oh, I have to stay. And it it didn't really affect him the rest of the movie no, at all. No. And like you said, like he was still kind of a fuck up uh, because she was in his life. So mm-hmm. how much of an impact was her yeah. sacrificing her life did it have on him? Um, so, you know, I thought she was fine. I thought she was one of the better characters in the remake sure. for sure. Sure, uh, but I still think that original option that that shall I wash your dick line it it goes such a long way. <laughs> yeah, <to line>. I, <laughs> it I sets the tone. It, it sets the tone. It's beautiful. a tone setting statement. Um, I I find it hard to say anything negative about Helen Mirren herself. I think she's doing a phenomenal job mm-hmm. in the film. It just feels realer in the original. Like uh, there's something about that chemistry that just feels a little bit more substantial to me so when Hobson's dying I feel like Hobson the character is dying right not that like oh man Helen Mirren did a good job and here goes that character okay but like I didn't feel like I was in the movie I felt like I was you know experiencing something was like oh wow that's an interesting take on the character from that other film I think you you made a great point earlier like when you add all these movie elements I'm just thinking about all these other films right 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 yeah yeah, I I agree. I mean, I didn't see Hobson. I saw Helen Mirren. Right. And so... I agree. The remake had some interesting casting choices, uh, where, where they put their star power. And I I think we'll get into that with our next character. I'll, mm-hmm. I think we, maybe we should talk about the love interest. Let's uh, let's go there. Our love interest, uh, for some... They renamed her in the remake. Yeah. Linda, in the original, portrayed mm-hmm. by Liza Minnelli. Mm-hmm. And we have Naomi... In the remake, portrayed by Greta Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Who I was not familiar with, and then I looked her up, I was like, oh, she's the director of those movies that are really good. Yeah, she's, she's, she's incredible, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess I'll just go into a little bit of their backstories, because they changed that, too. Uh, yeah. Linda uh, was an actress who's really a waitress, but she's also kind of a con artist, because mm-hmm. she was stealing... Um, that's how she met Arthur, as opposed to Naomi, who was an illegal tour guide slash children's author. Right. Yeah. So interesting change there. Uh, I guess that's why they changed her name. May- yeah, maybe. <laughs> Again, this is one of those moments where just some of the choices, despite the actor or actress's ability, mm-hmm. as we're seeing with Helen Mirren, the choices that they make in the remake don't really feel as organic to me as they did in the original. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like, this woman who's an actress, but, like, any person who's an inspiring actress, are you really an actress? 
You know, she right. she's well. We already know she's a con artist, so she could be conning Arthur again. That's that's true. Again, um, there there's an edge here. The word that's coming to mind. She's a, in in a store stealing ties. You know, she's like actually doing crime. Right. She's a fast talker. She goes with she goes with things in a way that uh, you don't see in this remake. Like whereas like Naomi is reacting to things like, oh, this is happening. Like Lazanelli is kind of like it's almost like improv. Yes, and right. oh yes, dear, we are. You yeah, know, yeah. like she, she's really quick on her feet. Super quick on her feet. Super. I I believed that that Arthur would like that one. Right. Yeah. Like I believe that you could see that appeal. You know, this this millionaire who kind of has everything, and mm-hmm. just to see somebody who doesn't have everything, just what they're doing right. to kind of to, to try to get everything they want in their life. So you could see that appeal yeah. um, that she has for him. But the Naomi one. I, it's a lot harder to sell. Harder to capture. It's uh, it's one of those things where like the movie kind of want to have have it both ways. Where like she's independent and, and smart and free spirit. I think that's ultimately what Arthur likes about both of them. Because when you see Liz Minnelli stealing the tie, mm-hmm. there's a freedom to that that Arthur doesn't have in his world. And I think that's part of why he likes her. That she has that same sort of I don't give a shit spirit mm-hmm. that he does. Um, and this this other film, like I, I feel like Russell Brand likes more just like her look on the front end. Um, but then it's like, why would she like him? Because again, she's she's trying to produce her own book. She's she's going out and trying to like start her life. And really, the only thing that you could say that she likes about him, at least the way the movie's portraying it, is he's willing to do these lavish kind of rich things, and, mm-hmm. and it's sort of. It fights against what they want the character to be. It's like, is she in it for the money, or, and or is she in it for him? It it doesn't feel like either one of them are really there for each other <laughs> in the the early parts of the film. I think they fl- flesh it out a little bit, but like, I don't really get why she would like actually go on the date originally with him. Yeah, I don't know why she would go out with him. I don't really know why he would go out with her either. Um, I was I was scratching my head over the Naomi Arthur connection in the remake. I I really couldn't p- put it together, and we'll get into it more when we talk about Susan Johnson also. Right. That's a good but point, actually, yeah, it's just like you like we said in the original. You know, he's shopping, he sees a shoplifter, and then they have this witty banter yeah. uh, for the cops, and then they kind of bring that back later at right. Arthur's engagement party where they're lying. They lie to some party guests. Yeah. They lie to his fiance. Right, it's right. this thing that the movie's building, and then this this thing that they have together. Right. That they they're that they're building on, and then they kind of start off like that in the remake, where they're both lying to the cop mm-hmm. because she's an illegal tour guide, which I guess yeah, is I a just, thing. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was a weird decision. Anyway, they don't really come back to that no. in the movie. No. Then Naomi's just kind of. I'm just gonna say she's boring as shit in the remake. I, I felt um, when I was watching the film that what I liked about what they were doing with Naomi was they were kind of fleshing out some of the interaction between the two and it felt, again, the word that's come to mind sort of more like sweet. Um, it felt like a more kind of like, again, childish so, still. So is that why he likes her? Because she's sweet? I couldn't figure I, out yeah, why he that, that's the thing. Like you, you don't have that, that thing that brings it back to like why these two... Right. Um, whereas like Liza Minnelli, I just think that because they're both able, like you said, to like verbally spar and they have this like she has the edge that's really appealing to them. Edge is super important. 
this this remake, I almost felt like it's like you got an Arthur film and then you got like five hundred days of summer kind of sandwich in. <laughs> like she just she just gave me like the vibe of like um like a Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I was just getting like the Zoe Deschanel thing where it's like just this quirky girl. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm quirky and like I guess Arthur's quirky too when you put it all together and it's like together they. I don't know. Like you're saying, I don't know if he likes her or like the idea of her. Um, the idea of like a quirky girl that, no, actually now I'm thinking about it, what, what's the appeal? Like even on their date, it's like, wow, this is cool. There's acrobats and yeah. we close Central Station and she, she's giving more of her backstory that really doesn't have anything to do with them. Yeah. She's like, I like children's stories and like. He's like, I like being read children's stories and then they quote children's books yeah. to each other, which wouldn't you think that's weird if uh, you started dating a man and he's able to really quote children's books that easily? That, that's fair. That he's in the state of arrested development. It's like, should I be dating this man? I Unless just, he's in children's books too, which he's not. I think I think also, now that I'm thinking about it in this context as well, he's trying to help her a lot in a way that she's not really trying to help him. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess because we're spending more time in the idea that she's a sweet person, she's not really doing anything to inspire him to be better, but he's trying to inspire her to be better. And it's sort of this thing where the character, again, has not been established in a way that what is um, Naomi doing that's making Arthur better? You know, I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but it seems to be something that they're focused on. You don't get as much of the one-on-one sort of date interactions with them mm-hmm. in the uh, the original. I, I guess just call it chemistry. It's something feels yeah more organic and right about what's going on. And I think it's not really about him taking care of her because she's pushing back against that um, a lot throughout the film. But it's sort of more about him just being overall infatuated with her. I don't feel like the power dynamic is... I mean, obviously, it all balances the relationship, but it, it doesn't feel like Liza Minnelli needs anything from him. Yeah. I mean, I, I still feel like the power dynamic in the original is a little more even. Because mm-hmm. there is that back and forth that they right, have. Right. And I, I could just be that they don't have the chemistry, but I didn't feel that in yeah. the remake at yeah. all. I mean, sure, Arthur's a better date in the remake because, yeah, oh, that's amazing. You closed the Grand Central and you added all that stuff that you bullshitted about to the cop. But it's like, I just, I didn't feel any chemistry. And yeah, yeah I didn't feel like there was that fun back and forth. Uh, as much as there was no, in the original. No. I mean, even um, as we're talking about this, I am sort of even thinking about the Naomi character who uh, is a little naive and childish herself. The idea of, oh, I always thought, I mean, they both have line, but like the moon, the moon's following me. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel very, I, I think this comes back to what we were saying before, this, uh, this man child. She didn't seem to be very mature herself. No, she liked the same cartoons Arthur did. You know, like... I just didn't get how them working out was going to help either one of them other than his money. Whereas, like, Liza Minnelli is is really sort of liberating him from this world that he's grown accustomed to, but, like, there's nothing there for him. Right. Whereas, like, this, I don't see how these two getting together would really change either one of their behavior. I guess they would just both have money and be able to do the things they want to do. As a unit, Central Grand Central more. I, I guess she could do more children's books uh, or uh, being published by his publishing <laughs> house. Like, I, I don't get it. You know. Do you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, we can talk about that. It's an odd choice, so let's... Yeah, and uh, there's no moment like this, right, in the original? Mm. It's just a, it's a remake exclusive. Um, while Arthur's taking care of Hobson, um, him and Naomi are sort of on the outs because she's upset that he's marrying somebody, uh, which I want to come back to. Maybe we'll talk yeah. about that when we get Susan, uh, Susan Johnson. Good point. Um, but she's finally come back because Hobson's sick. You know, she cares about Hobson. Um, so she tells Arthur, hey, my book is getting published. He's like, wow, that's amazing. Right. And then it's unveiled that, like, it's only getting published because Arthur bought the publishing company. Right. He, like I said before, um, after Hobson gets sick in the original, you know, know, Arthur kind of grows. Um, but he did this while he's taking care of Hobson, so he didn't really learn anything. He's still fucking up. Yeah. I think it's, um... This is getting us dangerously into Susan Johnson territory. We can talk about Susan Johnson. I think we'll have to because when you're describing that sequence, that is a purely Susan Johnson moment, more or less. Like, right. I think as we were talking about Greta Gerwig in here, it felt like, like I was saying, two different movies. Like, you had the Arthur storyline, then you had, like, this rom-com sort of, like, storyline, and they didn't feel connected the way the first film did. Right. So it's just like, all right, this was very arbitrary actually for Susan Johnson to come in and, you know, tell this love interest sort of what's happening with the uh, publishing company. Um it gave us this big bat that we didn't necessarily have in the original. Right. Right. Well let's uh let's let's just talk about Susan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Susan Johnson portrayed by uh, Jill Eckenberry in the original, and then we have her portrayed by Jennifer Gardner in the remake. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you want to keep going on that point? Yes. So, um, in the original, Susan, one, you get a decent amount of Susan, but like not nearly as much no. as you get in the remake. Um, not at all. And Susan, to me, I think the movie allows her to be a sympathetic character that you don't have in the remake. Like, she wants to marry Arthur because she's genuinely, like, in love with him for some strange reason. Right. Like, she she makes the, the line at dinner where it's like, you know, you can get as drunk as you want. You can mm. curse me. You can you can leave for months. But, like, we're a thing. And, um, you know, even when Arthur is, like, messing up or he's trying to, like, he's trying to get with a completely different woman on, like, their wedding day, you know? That Susan is more of an innocent bystander mm-hmm. that things are kind of like happening to as opposed to someone trying to fuck Arthur over. Marrying Susan Johnson isn't the right move for him in the original because, you know, I don't think she's the right woman for him <laughs> in general, not because she's a bad person. Right. Like, and he just doesn't like her. That's all. That's really all that's happening there. And I think that's all that needs right. to be happening there. The Jennifer Gardner Susan is a little more um, more strong, independent woman. Yeah, she's she's got motivations that are outside of like Arthur. Like it's very clear that she's trying to work her way up the corporate ladder, and she's she's headstrong. She's in magazines. Mm-hmm. Like she's got her own shit going on. Yeah, and. Um, What's good about that, Susan, is there's actually more moments for her to bring comedy into the film. Um, She, again, this is a hand-holding thing, but she lays out exactly why she's doing the things that she's doing and what her plans are. Um, But, like, 
they also make her a villain in a way that I don't necessarily think was needed. And I don't think they exactly pulled it off either. I, I agree that I don't think they pulled that off. I don't know if they showed us all this extra stuff with Jennifer Garner to make us hate her more and to have us root for the Naomi character right. more, but it didn't work for me. Actually, by having her, showing her do more stuff, I liked her more than Naomi in the end. <laughs> that, there's that double-edged sword where it's like, <laughs> yeah, this Susan, kind of going back to uh, to the point I was making with Liza Minnelli, where I felt like Liza Minnelli was going to ultimately, I mean, I don't even know, make his life better, but, it, you know... I can see them having fun. Right. This Susan is, maybe for selfish reasons to an extent, is actually trying to make his life better. Yeah. It ultimately would be better if you like, didn't marry her. Like, she, she's basically saying, look, you clearly aren't mature enough to handle this on your own. This is a major company. There's a lot of money at mm-hmm. stake. You put my name behind you and you'll be able to sort of continue this lifestyle. Yeah, it'll elevate me, and I'll I'll be there. I'll be this, like, support structure for you. You can, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And mm-hmm. I'll handle the heavy work, you know? Right. Which is why I think when they make that turn of movie villain mustache twirling, <laughs> I'm going to fuck that. Like, this is my money. Like, I, I'm going to be... Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be my name. I'm in charge of things. It was just, all right. <laughs> I guess that was there, but it felt very shoehorned in at the wedding for her to be like... You're going to marry me because I'm taking your last name and I'm taking the bot fortune. I, I don't think that that was necessary for no. the character. Um, and as you mentioned, because there's all these kind of cool scenes yeah. with Jennifer Garner with the horseback riding and like, you know, she she's tough. She's, she's like, tough. She's, she's got him by the balls. <laughs> she's independent. She's She can be spontaneous. Okay. I, um, just before I get more into her. Like, the original Susan Johnson, like you said, she's very sympathetic. We don't mm-hmm. got a lot of screen time with her. You know, she seems like a sweet girl, but obviously we're spending more time with Melinda, so we like her more. Right. The remake, right. we spend a lot more time with Susan Johnson. So much time. And I liked her because yeah. we got to spend more time with her. Like I said, she seems like a really fun drunk. She knows what she wants. Um, you know, he calls her boring and she's not spontaneous. What does she do? She shows up fucking right. drunk and wants to, like, in this sexy outfit and right. it's like how's this responsibility so she's like willing to go these lines right. to please him and it was like okay go with her she right. seems and she seems more of his like wild lifestyle like you right. want to get drunk you want to date girls great because i want to date girls too it's like what yeah. it's a win-win what's, man what's the problem right i know what i don't know why he hates her like you, by showing me more of her i liked her more and i liked her a lot more than naomi yeah so it was Talking about double-edged sword, yeah, it did yeah. not work for me that you're you're trying to make me hate this woman. You're trying to make her a villain. So you're no. saying putting Jennifer Garner in lingerie in the movie <laughs> <laughs> was not the right move to make Greta Gerwig your uh, <laughs> your standout. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what a terrible decision. I don't know. It, it, I, I mean, I get it because like you hire Jennifer Garner, you're not just going to have her do one or two lines. You got to give her wow. some shit to do. But as, maybe you should have cast somebody else. So as as I, you're saying this, like I took it at face value. Like as you're describing it, I'm like, "Fuck, that is a cool character." Yeah, no. She, and like I said this before, like I think the remake did a bad job of casting. I mean, talk about a mismatch here. You have the evil villain, and she's the star power, Jennifer Garner, right? You know, and then Greta Gerwig, who's coming up now. Not when, not in 2011, right, when this no. movie was being made. That's good no, point. she was a complete unknown then. And, uh, you know, you 
she's not as interesting of a character. Right. So you have the star power and an interesting character versus no star power and a pretty boring character. I'm rooting for your villain, quote unquote, right. because she's got a lot more to do. She seems a lot more fun. She's sexy. She's got pretty much everything. And yeah. can I just get into that ending too? Because like, oh wait, you want to just marry him just for the money? Well, forget this. Um, wait, didn't you want him to marry her just to get rid of that right. publicity? So it's like you were using her right. just like she wants to use you. What is the problem there? Right. Like I didn't see like oh this I, evil temptress. We can't have him marry her because she just wants the money. Well, he just wants a good image, or the mom I, just wants him to have. A good I, could, image. So I, I think you're. It. I think you're 100. percent I'm sorry, I had a lot to say. No, no, no. that's <laughs> great. Because I think, um, as you're saying, it's like, you're right. The mom, that turn doesn't make sense for the mother either. Because, like, they're business partners, more or less. This was yeah. the plan. Right. This is the plan. You know? <laughs> like, like, Arthur's going to marry you, so, like, you will get our... Like, they said it out yeah. loud. <laughs> You'll get the family name and the ability to, like you know, steer the publicity towards you because, like, mm-hmm. yeah. someone capable right. is in charge. We know Arthur's a screw-up and we know she's here for the last name. So, yeah. like, for her to be at the wedding, like, wait a second. Yeah, wait a minute. That's just not okay. <laughs> it, it made her character make a lot less sense than mom. Nah, you're right. And I, I know I keep saying this a bit, but, like, that idea of, like, the indie Zoe Deschanel movie packed <laughs> into the, uh, the blockbuster Arthur remake, it's like, you're you're 100% right. Jennifer Garner immediately recognizable to audiences. Um, we know she's a great actress. She's being one of the funnier characters yeah. in the film consistently. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know they have uh, great sex. That's established. You know that, <laughs> that they they have this history together. Um, when like you said, when she's when he said she's not spontaneous, she does the most spontaneous thing ever. Yeah. And they're trying to play it to like, uh, let me stuff the the kind of mousy indie girl in the. The movie room, yeah, yeah. so I could take the, like, again, I'm saying the word edgy, but, like, <laughs> the character that has that kind of, like, Liza Minnelli edge. Right. Is the one we're supposed to hate. <laughs> and it's, like, the movie's, like... It makes more sense for Arthur to want her. Like, I, what are you doing, movie? Totally does. Totally does. <laughs> but I guess, like, he, she's born because she kind of cares about how... Money. Or just I mean, like, money. It's, like, she cares about her career. <laughs> Yeah, you made the woman who cares about her career the villain in, like, the kind of, like, I'm just, I don't know, like... it's edgy tour guy? <laughs> I just don't understand, again, the problem here, where it's like, does it make more sense for you to publish her book, or does it make more sense for you to get her, uh, give her the couple dollars for the license for the tour, touring? Yeah. You know, like, or, or both, you know, why not both? <laughs> I just, like... She felt like she needed Arthur, and I think that because Arthur needed Hobson, (laughs) you know, like, transitive property, it's like, who's helping who by the end of this film? Like, was she so, like, incapable of, like, figuring out her own shit that she needed this rich guy to come along? Because, like, Liza Minnelli could have... I see the movie, too, where she spends the rest of her life just doing what she's doing. Yeah. And... You know, maybe it's a tougher life, but like, whatever. She, she's she's a New York edgy, tough chick that's gonna like make her own way, and that's what Arthur loves about her. Mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig, she's she's arty, artsy she's and you quirky. Know, she's a little embarrassed about Karen. that children's book. Oh, I don't know if I want. Well, the Eiffel Tower likes the Chrysler Building. <laughs> 
I, I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck, dude? Um, I guess that's why you make him like these children's stories and childlike because he likes that I don't know, she I don't know, does but like, it. I don't, but it, it didn't make sense to me. Let's just say, because like, it's almost like that, that Peter Pan complex, right? Mm-hmm. You got Wendy, who starts as a child, but grows up. And it's like, <laughs> when she grows up, it's like, oh, like, you can't be a kid forever. We can't just keep playing, Peter. You know, and I think that like, there's not that turn here where, like, I felt like the arc wrapped up a lot cleaner somehow in the, original, <laughs> in the original film than it did in this remake, which is trying to flesh these things out, but by doing so is actually, like you said, you're detracting, you're making other characters more interesting and believable yeah. than the character you're trying to tell us. Like, it felt like, like you said, it feels like a children's story, but you also have a real story. <laughs> Going on, and um, there's that thing again where I, I just feel like the movie is trying to do the comedy separate from the romance in a way that doesn't feel cohesive. That's a good point. I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, the comedy is completely separate from the romance. And you know, when it's Arthur, a comedy, right. I'm leaning towards that comedy, so I'm gonna, you know, go to those characters and you know try to root for those characters so I'm rooting for Jennifer Garner even though it's not supposed to I agree <laughs> and do we want to spend time with our dads like uh we can just briefly talk I did yeah. want to mention them a little bit okay you know uh our love interest Linda and Naomi they both live with their dads you don't get as much dad in the remake Naomi you see him right. like just for a second and Linda's yeah. dad played by Jerry Seinfeld's uh dad in <laughs> Seinfeld uh, um he's there a little bit and you know I think he's there mostly for comic relief but, feels, feels like it. But one good thing he does in the original, because he is there more, you get more time with Linda. You get to, see, again, and which makes her more interesting, more fleshed out. Right. And by cutting back on the dad in the remake, I, less time with Naomi, less time for me to care about her. And, and again, sort of like you were saying before, an interesting place for your star power. Like, they're putting star power in places that don't make sense. Because, like, Nick Nolte being the dad... Alright, that's that's cool. It's Nick Nolte. He's, he's a tough guy. Oh, you're talking about... I'm sorry. I was talking about the love interest dad. I wasn't talking about... Oh, oh shit, 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 shit. Alright, sorry. That, I, mean, I, that's I, all, I can talk about that. That's all I wanted to say about uh, Naomi and Linda's dad. I don't know okay. if you had anything. We can go no, into Susan Johnson's not, dad. No, sorry. Let me uh, let me backtrack here. So, In the film, the original film, you spend more time with Linda. The dad's there, but like... It's, again, just a, another springboard for... Yeah, for Linda. For Linda. And I just felt like that dad felt a little more fleshed out. And he's throwing quips in there. Like, it didn't really add anything um, other than that screen time Linda. In the remake, I mean, take take it or leave it. Like, a dad leaves zero impact for me. He's in there for one scene. He's just like, come on in the house. That's that, it. That's it. And I felt, all right, if you're going to do that, it's kind of a missed up. Miss opportunity there, mm-hmm. or you're better off doing what the film was doing originally, where like, oh, he's a he's a heavy sleeper. Like, it's actually funnier for you to never see him. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> so I, yeah, again, edge to the original, not even because of the portrayal, just the fact that it actually serves the ends of the movie better. Yeah, let's know Linda more. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you want to get into the Susan yeah. Johnson's dad. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have the originals. Oh yeah, here we go. Stephen Elliott is the original, Burt Johnson, and then we have, like you said, Nick Nolte yeah. in the remake. Okay, you seems like you had something to say there, so I'll let you start it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Nick, Nick Nolte's 
again, this is the film choosing to put its star power in like interesting places that I don't think pay off as much as they should have. Um, Nick Nolte, like, is not in the movie very long. No. He's kind of the more blue collar of the dads. Like, he's like, you know, I'm a construction worker right. from Pennsylvania. That's and, why she has to marry him because she's like, because where my dad came from, everybody like ridicules my name, so I need to marry you. Or yeah, it's like kind of like the idea of like new money, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. she doesn't have the legitimacy that the Bach name would give them. Right. The dad doesn't give a shit about that at all. He's just there to be like, my, I love my baby, and you better respect her, or I'm gonna cut cut your uh, fingers with a saw. I I thought that the idea of like the saw being like moisture detecting, I found that to be unnecessary and an odd choice. I mean, it's a real thing, not the moisture okay. detecting, but there are saws that. I think I read that it's not moisture, but it's like the electric current going through your skin or something. So it saws do retract That's so you good. don't lose your fingers. It is a real thing. It was a little over to the top to make him put his tongue yeah. to the saw. So I could see your point there, but go on. Yeah, so, I mean, it was one of those things where you got this big star and he's not going to do much other than be a little scary and then, you know, be a little mad later. Yeah, yeah, I think I know where you're going. Like, the setup of Nick Nolte, I liked it a lot. Right? Yeah. It's, um, he gets shot with nails. Right. He doesn't even flinch. He's just like, what? You don't get where I'm at. Now we're both doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get where I'm at without getting a few nails in you, Arthur. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he is this imposing figure. You know, he Super puts smart. Arthur's tongue up to a saw blade. Yeah. And it does go away. It doesn't cut him, but, you know. There's this setup that, like, oh, man, he's really going to do something Arthur if he breaks off this engagement. Yeah. You know why we really think that, too? Because we saw the original. Right. Was... And the original dad has this story. He's telling Arthur how he <laughs> kills a man with a knife yeah. Yeah. when he's 11 years old. And you're like, holy shit, that's nuts. It's... But you know what? It pays off. Yes, it pays off. later in the movie, when Arthur breaks off the engagement, where did the dad's eyes go? <laughs> to the knife! <laughs> so when you see the dad get the knife, you're just like, holy shit, they're going for it. Yeah. This is amazing. You know, you set it up early, and then it pays off later. A- absolutely. Right? Thank you, movie. Absolutely. And- now, just before we go more into that, like the remake does not have that moment at all. No. You know, Nick Nolte doesn't do anything the rest of the movie. Jennifer Garner throws the punch. Yeah. You don't give Nick Nolte anything to do. It's just, it's such a shame because, like you mentioned, that first film, that's such a wild scene because, like, yeah. it, it's again, it's more of, one, it's an Arthur scene mm-hmm. as well. Like, it's Arthur showing up, he's driving drunk to meet with the dad, he parks all on the, <laughs> on the grass and he's like, oh. you know, he throws out some line, I don't remember, but it was a funny line. Um, you meet this dad who's just like... Talking about his like his hunting and stuff like that, and you mentioned it's like he goes in this insane, <laughs> insane story about killing a man. But he's eleven. And I think he, I think like it all worked out because he was like a minor or something. Like there was something to that yeah, backstory. I don't know. It was pretty nuts, and it, you know, it's like why am I hearing this weird yeah. thing? And you learn why at the end of the yeah. movie because it totally pays off. It is such a hilarious moment when that dad looks at that knife yeah. and he's like Arthur. And like, I don't know, like, when Arthur's interacting with him, because they're in the, the study or wherever they are, he's pouring a drink, and he's, like, he's reacting, but he's reacting as drunk Arthur. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, because he's not drunk that often in the film, 
uh, in the remake, it's like, it's just kind of a, like you said, scary thing for Russell Brand. Like, the other artist was like, he's doing this awesome thing. <laughs> you making fun of the moose head and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, for the dad to, like, go ape shit and, like, punch him out in the back and, like, you get to see the wedding attendees like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just, just seeing their reactions. You're just hearing Arthur screaming. <laughs> and, then, and then you see him all, like, tattered up, bloodied up yeah. at the end. It, and I, I felt like the the anger from the uh, the Bach family, as it were, um, in that scene makes it just makes a lot more, more sense. A lot more justified. Hey, you're beating up our air. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're gonna we, kill him with a knife. We gotta impose. Right. We have to stop this. Right. It's like they may be upset with Arthur's behavior. But like he's a Bach, and you're not yeah. you're not gonna kill one. You're not gonna kill my son <laughs> or grandson, in, as it were. But um, but also just like they get to sort of flex their family name is like first of all, you're not killing yeah, 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 yeah. you're not killing a Bach, so we can stop that right now. Whereas like in, in the remake, you just shoehorn in this idea that like how dare you use him, even though we were gonna use you. Yeah, <laughs> t- totally, totally. So it's like. And then Nick Nolte just stands there. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. You, you set it up and then you don't use it. I, it. I'm thinking because you established Jennifer Garner as this really strong and independent mm-hmm. woman. You can't just have her kind of be like, oh, he's not going to marry me. Right. So you have to make her do something, I guess. But then you just take away from Nick it's, Nolte's character. And then that whole point of him getting threatened by Arthur was completely pointless. It's funnier if, like, he throws the first punch. He's just like, hold on, let... I'm gonna get mine too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's something there, but like, it's it's like, why would you have Nick Nolte there other than I guess trying to get people to go see the movie itself? Because yeah. he doesn't actually do anything in the film, so it's like it could be anybody else. Dude, how funny would it have been if he brought a power saw to the wedding? Too? Oh, that would have been hilarious. If he's just like, let me go to my car, and then yeah. he comes out with a fucking hand saw. He's like, Arthur, and then he's just chasing him with it. Oh my god, hilarious! It would have been amazing. But yeah, like. He's just so... He's just kind of stiff back there. He's like, I'm upset. And then she's like, no, let me. And she punches him. And it's just like, all right, so Nick Nolte is just... The saw... <laughs> like you said, the staple gun was hilarious. It's like, all right, here's a little bit of humor. In nail this, gun. Like, yeah, nail gun. Thank <laughs> you. The nail gun's hilarious. It's like, here, here's this humor. He's like impervious to pain. He will inflict pain on you. You know, this guy's like a Terminator. Mm-hmm. And you do nothing with him. <laughs> nothing. And then, like, I don't know, just the idea of Arthur... Um, in the first film, getting roughed up and there being some stakes there. Yeah. You know, um, the, I, again, you're building out these two characters, like Liza Minnelli being like, oh my God, he's going to kill us. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're both like laid out on the floor and it's just like, again, there's that chemistry. Yeah. And there's these, these characters that you've introduced us to interacting the way that I would expect based yeah. on what you told me. Yeah, she's not like, okay, he's going to kill you, Arthur. I'm okay. She's like, yeah, he's going to kill us. Us. Yeah. us. Beautiful point. Is is Greta Gerwig even in that scene? She's not. Right? No, no, she's not there. At all. She's not at the church because she already. She's upset and yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like you really don't even still have like the pullback of the Naomi character the same way. Like Liza Minnelli is there. Yeah, she showed up. She's telling Arthur like, screw it. Like they're like, we don't need the money. Right. You know. Um. There's all this character building. Mm-hmm. For your actual love interest that's happening. Whereas this film did the rom-com turn of like, here's the bad thing the main character did that's unforgivable until like, (laughs) 
I pick up the boombox or show up on a horse. You know, like, they did that, took the character out of the film, went through with, like, most of the wedding, and then just kind of like, meh. It, felt, it was really lazy. It, it, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I just didn't know where we were going from there. <laughs> and like you said, uh, because it felt shoehorned, like, it, okay, now the mom knows she's evil, or, like, Arthur thinks she's evil. Arthur thinks the sky is green. You know what I mean? Like, Arthur is not a person that I'm taking any sort of serious um, logic or or advice from. So, it's like, if he thinks she's evil, it's because he's an idiot. And she's clearly, (laughs) clearly very capable. So, like, you shoehorned in this idea of, like, blah, and it's just like, it didn't work. No. It didn't work. It didn't work for me at all. I mean, I, I love that. Just seeing that knife in the original oh ending, dude. I was laughing so, so hard when I saw it's that knife. shit, dude. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, yo, is he going to stab this guy? <laughs> it's good. And, yeah. and man, like, you know, I would say, like, if, you, if you're talking apples apples, is Greta Gerwig a better actress than um, the woman from the original? Well, excuse me. Than Liza Minnelli? Probably, you know, but like... I wouldn't know from that performance right. or what she was given in that movie. You know, so, just to sum that part up, I mean, I think it's obvious, but we definitely, it sounds like, I prefer the original Linda, I prefer uh, the both the original dads, but I'm going to lean towards the Susan Johnson in the remake, just because I like what Jennifer Garner did, I like what she was given, and if I was Arthur, I would have went with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things where, like, if, because of, like, the casting choice, like, if you swapped it around... Like, if Greta Gerwig was, like, Susan Johnson, we were, like, matching yeah. those up. Oh, yeah, I like Greta Gerwig. And if you were, like, Liza Minnelli versus Jennifer Garner, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I like Jennifer Garner. You're, you're 100% right. Think about an original in a remake. Look at your casting. If you were doing a Point Break remake, would it, you got Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Would you do, like, Brad Pitt and then, like, some indie act? You know, like, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make any sense to match them up like that. So I just felt like I'm with you. The original Linda is is better than Naomi. She's got a lot of edge, and um, I believe their romance. Susan Johnson, clear edge of Jennifer Garner, but with the caveat being that like choosing to make that Susan so cool. Yeah, it was a, that was a big mistake. It was, it was a huge mistake. I think you nailed it before because you said the original Arthur wants that edgy girl. Mm-hmm. That's Susan Johnson the remake. Agreed. And then the reason he doesn't want to be with Susan Johnson in the original is because she's kind of boring. That's Naomi in the remake. I agree. You you swapped the roles remake. What were you doing? Right. It's just like this idea of the quirky girl. It is not exactly what Liza Minnelli was. She sure no, she wasn't. She wasn't quirky really. She was just like she was just a fast talker. She was a, a bit of a scammer, but like in a good way. Those two worked together because it took away her need to do the things that she was doing because she had the backing of Arthur, but it also made Arthur have to, like, contest with someone that actually would punch back. Like, Greta Gerwig doesn't really punch back other than the scenes where, oh, I can't believe you didn't believe in me enough to, like, make my own choices. I didn't buy it. Yeah. I didn't buy it. Not good at all. Do we want to get to any other characters? You had sort of mentioned the grandma. She's not in the uh, remake. Any yeah. issues there? The consolidating there? I think I think the consolidation was good because uh, there's a bit of confusion. Like, the grandmother is there kind of in the beginning when they're at dinner, but she's yeah. not really in the scene. Yeah. Um, she's referenced. She has some funny lines, and she's kind of like the one that's like, don't 
like don't touch my grandson. Yeah. But um consolidating into the mom actually we didn't talk about this but like the mom character actually I think um is a bit stronger in the remake not that it even matters which is why we didn't get into it yeah just because she's a little more fleshed out she has more to do like i don't even remember the dad in the original right like other than that scene in the office like was he at the i don't even remember if he was at the wedding honestly <laughs> like he does so little after that so yeah. yeah it makes sense that she you didn't need uh his mom and like a grandfather or a grandmother too right like they both were pretty much saying the same thing to arthur the whole time like you need to marry this woman so making them one character, just the mom figure in the remake, made sense to me. Totally, totally made sense. So um, the consolidation was good because uh, other than like a couple of lines towards the end of the film, the grandmother was inconsequential to me. Um, yeah, I guess like the only other character where I could say you have a difference and it's still a very minor character, again, with some interesting star choices, uh, Bitterman. Yeah. In the original, Bitterman, he doesn't... He doesn't really do much. He doesn't do anything. Just the chauffeur, really. He doesn't do anything other than just drive Arthur around. Right. Which is important, because Arthur's drunk all the time. Exactly. And he still drives that one sometimes. But, like, he... <laughs> unlike the remake, like, where it's, uh... Louis Guzman. Yeah. They make that Bitterman just kind of, like, dumb in the remake. Yeah, it really... Which didn't make sense. Yeah, because he's... He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. You know, you think you, you hire him. Yeah. Use him. Yeah. I thought I thought he was going to be like more of a friend to Arthur, you know, kind of more of an unequal right. playing field. But then, no, he's just very like subservient and just like yes, sir. And he's not funny at all. He doesn't understand humor or, or anything. Really, he's pretty dumb. It's really strange. Like, I'm definitely underutilized him. I guess they had him there to put him in a, a Robin costume, like. Like, I guess it's funny that Louis Guzman's dress up as Robin, but, like... He's overweight? I don't know. <laughs> but see, even that, somehow getting a better... Quote-unquote better. You know, I don't know enough about the original uh, actor. I just know he didn't do much. But, like, yeah. having the potential that right. Louis Guzman has, like... Yeah. Like, you see him in movies, like, Waiting. Like, he, you yeah. could have done something like that where yeah. they're both... Boogie Nights, man. He's great. Boogie Nights. I just, he didn't say or do anything. Yeah. And actually, the original actor brings more to the movie because when Hobson is dying, he's sad as shit. And it, it actually makes sense. I don't even remember that Bitterman reacting to Hobson dying. Maybe he does Louis Guzman, but I don't remember it. I don't remember it either. And it's just like, somehow this great actor, great comedic actor especially. yeah. yeah loses the battle to a guy that like has like two lines yeah and he's also the original bitterman also has a scene with uh linda too mm -hmm. where she really drops her off and you know you see how cool he is he's like right. yeah yeah I'll, I'll open the door for you right too, right you he know? plays along yeah he, he's a fun guy yeah he's more to do uh than this other actor who's I, you know I, I know him a lot more sure <laughs> i i think it's because he's functional like everyone around arthur has at least to an extent, they're shit together. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, having Arthur be a man-child, and then Bitterman also being a step below <laughs> Arthur, whereas, like, this other Bitterman probably does a decent amount of keeping him out of trouble that's not really... Yeah, yeah being a chauffeur for the drunk. Yeah, that, that you know, definitely helps. Huge job. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, it just never felt like, like you said, that they were on equal ground, and I just found it to be... a a strange choice that sort yeah. of 
I just because I feel like he, he's just so well known, Luis, and it's like why are you underutilizing him so much? Like again, just terrible casting choice. Yeah. You put the star power in the worst roles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think like if you're doing, which is why you don't, you probably don't see this type of advertising. The Arthur remake, like when you look at the poster, it's basically just Russell Brand. No, it's actually Russell Brand, Helmer, and Jennifer Garner. Okay, so then you got that. Yeah. So it makes sense. Whereas like the Arthur original, it's it's Dudley Moore and Liza Minnelli. The two stars are the two love interests. Just just messaging seems on point there, <laughs> and messaging. You're right. I, I forgot about that. Because I've seen some of the promos where it's just kind of like him. But oh, like, okay. But, like, no, you're right. The Helen Mirren and um, Jennifer Garner, that makes sense. If you yeah. wanted people to go see your movie, yeah. those are the people that you would have put in the starring roles. Yeah, and Helen Mirren and Jennifer Garner are probably the two best roles in the movie. Absolutely, absolutely. So, a lot of weird missteps that I think um, could have been avoided in the uh, the remake. Um, anything with characters you want to go over? Because I think I pretty much covered everything no, I think all the major players are, are in there um, you know there's some side scenes side characters but like everyone that mattered in yeah. the arc I think we got to and uh, it seems like we're leaning heavily towards the original yeah. um, with that alright then I guess the only other thing that's really different is I guess kind of the endings sure uh, I guess I'll just go over them really briefly the original ends at the wedding after the ceremony, uh, like you said before, Linda's with Arthur. She's kind of licking his wounds. He's kind of like, ah, oh, this sucks. We know we're poor, but whatever. We right. got each other. His grandmother overhears this. And she's like, well, you know what, Arthur? Screw it. You can still be with her and get all your millions. Right. And he's like, nah, screw that. I don't want to follow your lifestyle anymore. And then he goes over to her and talks and goes back to Linda. He's like, yeah, we, we got the money. I'm not, right. I'm not a fucking idiot. You know? right. <laughs> so, you know, like played with your expectations a little bit there. But that's pretty much where the movie ends. Right. At the ceremony, he's got Linda. He's got the money. Everything's pretty much going to go good until, I guess, on the rocks. Because well, <laughs> well, you can talk about that we'll a little bit We'll talk later. about that later. Um, and then the remake does not end at the ceremony. Because as you mentioned, Naomi's not there. She's not there. No. Yeah. Um, but Arthur's still, like... I guess essentially we're led to believe cut off, but then it jump cuts mm. the movie. Um, we're months later where Arthur is in AA. Yep. <laughs> Some place we visited earlier in the remake uh, that we didn't touch upon. Yeah. And not only is he in AA, I guess he says he's volunteering. It's another thing we need to talk about. It's Arthur tried to get like a normal job right. in the remake, which I guess was I, played for yucks. But... I'll, give, I'll give him that, that him going for the job was kind of funny. I thought it was odd that you know, they didn't just let him be the mascot. I couldn't figure out why <laughs> he couldn't just... Do, it seemed like the perfect job for him. Yeah. Um, but apparently, it, corporate didn't like I, it. I don't know, the politics <laughs> of the candy world. <laughs> I would say that that was an odd but sort of strong scene in the remake. And then better scenes, for sure. And then the AA scene was, I would say, Helen Mirren's big scene for me in the uh, yeah. remake where... She she's doing the AA meeting, but as Arthur, yeah, and uh, powerful stuff. Um, things that like played to some laughs and to some like um, with some heart, but um, I don't know. Like when you get into more of this ending, I think uh, that stuff gets lost. Yeah. yeah. So Arthur's in AA, um, and then 
I forget how, but he finds out that there's a book signing. Naomi he, finally... He's just, like, walking around and he sees, like, a sign. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? He sees that she's doing a book signing. But it's his publishing company. Is it still his publishing company? I imagine it still is at I, that point. I don't know. I thought, like... I would assume... I don't I mean, know. They don't actually spell it out for you, which is amazing because they've been so much hand up to this point. I'm going to assume that it was a different publishing company because he's surprised by it. I... I maybe I hope so. I, that's, that's what I'm. Thinking. I hope so. Anyways, he shows up at the book signing and uh, he says, "I have another story. I'll tell you another story." And then he tells a stupid story, and then she immediately forgives him. I guess. Yeah. And yeah. they're together, and yeah, he has his money too. Yeah. And then you see the cars again at the end. Yeah, and then um, again, you you've taken a random assortment of small children playing extras. And giving them more lines than half of <laughs> Like, there were kids in that scene that have more lines than Nick Nolte. <laughs> like, like, and they're funny lines, too. Like, the kids are actually, like, some of the funnier people in the film. Are you Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so baffled. I found it, I found it so just odd, you know? Like, I didn't. It just dragged on. For it, me, it drags on. It, like I said, the original ends at the ceremony, mm-hmm. and you're dragging it on, and it's not really paying off. Because why does she it, forgive him? It, it's it's literally like every generic rom com ending you've ever seen. <laughs> I've got a story. It's like oh, okay. <laughs> cut to guy. I'm surprised it wasn't raining. <laughs> you know? you should have just had the boombox. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's just like, his story was also nonsensical. You know, it's like, oh, a guy who really messed up and he should have. And I'm just sitting there like, is that all it takes? Like, no, they still have, like, issues they got to, yeah. like, work out. You know? <laughs> Apparently not. Because um, him trying to boost her career with his own publishing company and her, I'm, she just forgave him immediately. I don't know. Yeah. And it, it was weak. It, it really weakened her character, too, because she seems like, no, I don't. How could you do this? Like, how you don't have faith that I can do this myself? Right. And when she gets mad at him. So she's like, no, screw you, Arthur. I don't want you in my life anymore. I'm going to do this. I'm going to publish this book. Right. And then she gets the book published, which is great. Good for her. And then she just forgives him immediately. Yeah. I, I didn't understand yeah. it. And then you also just say, oh, yeah, and by the way, I'm still rich. Yeah. P.S. I'm I, rich. I just don't, I don't know what the messaging was. Because, like, like, I, it almost felt like, cause, uh, you know, there's there's all this this push now towards, like, um, empowerment, diversity, yeah. inclusion. Like, you have, in my mind, the good character, and you've made her the villain. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it doesn't feel great <laughs> that Greta Gerwig... Like, yeah, I'm glad that she's following her dreams or something like that, but, like, she doesn't really have much ambition. And, like, she's rewarded while the person who's, like, planned her whole life... <laughs> And, like, did all the right things, except for, like, two minutes in a wedding that, rightfully so, she's upset about. Because she's getting left at the al- yeah. altar. Like, oh, because she dared to dream. Everybody <laughs> knew what was going on that that I, was an American I, love. I 100% agree. It's insane. I just, like, I didn't get it. And, and the same thing with, like, Arthur, like, all right. Like, because we kind of already went over this. Him trying to, like, go to AA and him trying to, like, do all this stuff. Like, we already kind of... Hash over So I guess it's working more now, but, like, then we also find out he's still rich? Like... Yeah. What, what's the point? I guess he's doing 
better and he's running the charitable part of the business? Yeah, he's not even running the business. You know, it was weird. And, like, the AA stuff, like, it was a powerful scene for Helen Mirren and I kind of get it because it's like, okay, Arthur needs to kind of, like, turn shit around. But then, like, to bring it up at the ending, too, because it's not like the alcohol was really ruining his his or anybody's life. So I didn't understand, like, you know, I'm not going to shit on AA, but it's like, in the context of the story, it didn't... Right. Really add anything. Right. I, I think that, like, and I'm not sure if this tracks around the timeline, but, like, Russell Brand has had his own struggles with alcohol in his personal life. Yeah, he actually, yeah, he was in rehab at this point. He okay. had stopped doing drugs and alcohol. So that's why I think they put in the AA right. thing, because he was doing it. So he's like, well, I think there should be a powerful message about right. Arthur doing it, too. Right. I think that because... It feels maybe like maybe this is like a passion project for Russell Brand because of his own struggles with alcohol, whereas like Dudley Moore, from what I understand, didn't. Um, And it was a character and he was playing a character. I think this also got a little too close to Russell Brand's real life that like his portrayal. I don't think that he like explores the depths of alcoholism where like he probably could have. But maybe that's, you know, especially in that tough time for him maybe that was too intense for what was going on in his life yeah but like, maybe too personal for him I, yeah which then like at that point it's then kind of like get out of the way like someone else could play this character in yeah. a way that like could have actually like made a difference for like alcoholics like someone that like showed how fucked up being an alcoholic can be yeah. and Russell Brand just kind of like glosses over it AA that'll help you know, it'll help, but nothing was really that wrong because we didn't go anywhere with right, that character. Right. That was too low. I, I think there there was another missed opportunity there for like the movie to show in a modern way how bad alcohol can be. I love these conversations because like sometimes I'm like, how did I feel about these films? Yeah. No, like, you. I think you nailed one thing that it's two separate movies in that remake. Totally, totally. And I, and I was like, yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah. There's the boring romance stuff that they weren't able to really pull off and then there's the hilarious drunk stuff which yeah. is where I was drawn to more you know like you know what's funny about that too is like as I was watching it I liked that they were fleshing things out and I thought this is sweet but I think you're right the ending whoops battery died and we're back <laughs> and we're back so I think we just kind of getting through the endings and um yeah and we're talking about Russell Brand and how he has issues with alcoholism but, like, yeah, I just didn't feel convinced by the story in a way that um, I felt convinced in um, the original. Like, it's a more probably preposterous set of circumstances, but the chemistry of the characters in that movie, um, they, they're enduring. Yeah. Well said. I don't really have much to add other than I love that Arthur theme song. <laughs> I love... That Christopher Cross song, yeah, hell's so yeah. much. Well, that's why I recommended it last time because I, was, I had been listening to it like <laughs> kind of nonstop. Yeah, like, let's do Arthur. It was funny, like as soon as you mentioned that, like, and I watched the film, I've been listening to that song <laughs> nonstop. There was um, there was a scene, well, the scene where they shut down Grand Central Station. Hmm. The, what I hate about that scene in particular, 
I think it's actually like one of the stronger scenes in the movie. But they play the instrumentals mm-hmm. of the song. I'm like, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> I know they didn't play the original at all. They they play a cover during yeah. the credits. That's as close it's as they get. It's ridiculous. So like, <laughs> you cowards. So it's like, all right, you have you have the money for the Batmobile. I guess uh, wasn't shoot. No, not at all. But it's like you have the money for the Batmobile, but you don't have the money for the Arthur theme song. They probably had... I'm going to assume they had the money for it, but they probably just chose to not did, did, did put they it... they spend it on Nick Nolte? <laughs> I mean, it, even like the Grand Central thing seemed like something they actually did. Um, you know, at night, I guess you probably could have pulled that off. Yeah. Fairly easy, but like... It's true. But like the idea of like... Yeah, yeah, you got Darth Vader mash. You got... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got all, there's a lot of licensing, and you got to get the rights to all this 100%. stuff, man. And, and now I'm sitting here, and it's like the big song. Like, I, okay, I hear it, <laughs> but I don't hear it. <laughs> and um, it, I don't know. Like that song is a, is a great segue for a lot of like the more serious scenes in the film. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the best movie theme songs I've ever heard. It's pretty good, and it it's. Feels like it's about the love story in the film, mm-hmm. man. And it, you know, it works. Yeah. So. All right. Unless uh, you have anything else to add, I think we should get to our verdict. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Reggie, <laughs> should this remake exist? So, as I was watching the remake, I kept saying to myself, man, I'm going to hate this film. I'm going to hate this a lot. And um, as I was watching it, they were hitting a lot of the notes in a way that uh, I thought was like, okay, that's an interesting take on that. Um, they were fleshing things out, some things that didn't need to be, but they were fleshing out the story. Um, I liked it enough that I can say, and I think because of some of the star power of like Jennifer Garner and Helen Mirren, for instance, and he may not pull off a drunk, but he did pull off a kind of like charming enough lead i like the movie enough that i was surprised that i didn't completely hate it um i think that it has merit and can exist especially considering arthur 2 exists so um the movie should exist but it's not a great movie that's my review fair enough um yeah i don't i was trying to think like while i was watching the original what can the remake do um, to really improve upon it or justify it was being made. Usually with a comedy, it's just, you, you pretty much just improve the jokes. You stick with that basic outline, you improve the jokes. And, uh, I don't think the remake did that at all. Uh, I barely laughed at the remake. It was, it was weird to watch. So I was just mostly focused on the plot, which like I said, they flipped the girls. (laughs) So I cared more about Jennifer Garner than I cared about Naomi, who I'm supposed to care about. Um, and I'm not really not a big Russell Brand guy. He carries a lot of this movie. If he's not your cup of tea, Mm -hmm. I may say, then this is not going to change your mind about Russell Brand at all. Um, it didn't work for me. I don't think this this remake should exist. There was just so many problems. And then just talking to you about it more and more, like, yeah, I didn't realize that this is kind of two movies in one. Right. It is right. a comedy with like this stupid love, quirky love story underneath. And you're right, the comedy doesn't, they never line up. 
at all. They never <laughs> intersect. <laughs> you either have just like all the yuck yuck jokes up here, and then or you got your romance story. And I think all the romance stuff is boring in the yeah. remake. And that's such a strong part of the original. And they were able to, you know, interweave those parts in the original. And I don't think they did it at all in the remake. And when you have me rooting for the supposed villain of the film, That's fair. you definitely messed up somewhere. <laughs> um, so for me, it's a no. I don't think this remake of Arthur should exist. Yeah. I, I think as I talk to you, for sure, and I, I think we've been finding this a lot more lately, we're finding more of like the different flaws that like you're noticing that may not mm-hmm. be on my radar and uh, vice versa. Um, I know I don't like Russell Brand. So I had very, very low expectations. And I think he actually surpassed what I thought a Russell Brand take on Arthur would be. Hmm. I thought it would be a lot more annoying and, like, I thought he would, like, lean into, like, more of the chuckly, drunk stuff. And he didn't. And I actually, I think I preferred a more muted Russell Brand, which (laughs) is why my very low expectations were met um, in a way that felt like, okay, I could... I think I fell into the cheesiness of the romance a little bit more than, um, than I was expecting. Um, but after talking to you about it, I was like, oh, wait, that's completely unrealistic. So, like, I fell into the rom-com trap that right. is, that shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, there's a totally better option right here that, for no reason at all, the main character is shunning. And um, we've now turned the best option into the villain. And that's a trope for rom-coms, and so I guess they, they pulled that off. <laughs> but uh, as you said, they should have been making a, a, not dark comedy, but like a comedy with some edge to it the way the first film was. Yeah. It's so much better. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Russell Brand just didn't work for me. Um, I I don't know what exactly what I expected. I guess I kind of expected the the drunk. I expected some humor. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I feel like the best jokes in the remake still were just jokes from the original still. Absolutely. And they even lost some of his charm. This is the one scene at the engagement party where Dudley Moore is legitimately like playing piano, like amazing. Yeah. And he's playing like funny songs, like at moments. And it's like, Hey, what do you think about your engagement? He's like, blue moon, you left me standing alone. Yeah. You know, he's with that. It's, it's witty. It's talent. You know, it's, it's good stuff. And then you have kind of, same kind of scene in the remake, but he's not playing piano, right. and he's not singing well-known songs. He's just kind of making up stupid words to a boring melody, and that's supposed to be equally charming. It, right. it, it wasn't. No. Um, it didn't work for me. A lot of the remake didn't work for me. Uh, I really had problems with... Uh, I really had problems with Naomi <laughs> and Susan Johnson in the remake. They, they, they messed those characters yeah, up. Yeah, they, they totally missed it. <laughs> totally missed the mark. No, um... Yeah, uh, I, like I said, I'll stick with, as I was watching it, what my impression was, but uh, the more this conversation goes on. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, they, they don't land very good jokes. Um, they don't really capture the character. But, sticking with my guns. Um, sure, fair enough. Good, good enough. Um, do not, unless you really want to, don't go see it. But uh, there, there's enough there that... Um, it's a film. You can read it's a it. film. <laughs> no, I, I think stick with the original any day of the week. That one's much better. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about the sequel? Had you seen all that? Yeah, so I um, I liked the first Arthur so much, and I was watching on HBO, so like Arthur 2 was there. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm hungover. <laughs> I'll watch a little bit of this. 
Arthur 2, um, this is the spoiler section of the podcast. Arthur 2 is should not be a thing because... Um, so that should not exist. <laughs> um, maybe that's why I was giving the remake so much leeway uh. now that we're talking about it. Um, I didn't finish Arthur 2, just full disclosure. <laughs> but uh, from what I saw, it felt awful because it took the arc of the first film, which I think is a very satisfying arc, mm-hmm. of the drunk... The friend dies, uh, he's getting, he's better during that time period, before he dies, becomes a drunk again, fixes up enough of his life to get with the, the love of his life. Right. And things all seem to work out fine. Arthur 2 is like three years later, and he's a drunk again. He's doing all the, because they're playing up the Arthur character, yeah. like, he's doing all the stuff again, it's like, oh, none of that ma- mattered because uh-huh. he's, he sucks again. And like, maybe... Maybe there's a term by the end of the film, but like even the fact that the film begins with basically Arthur in the same situation but married to Liza Minnelli, I felt like, oh, you weakened this great character by just showing that he didn't grow or progress mm-hmm. in any way. So, Arthur 2, um, I cannot recommend it. Okay. Um, and I think it actually ruins the first movie if you let it. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't let it. It just okay. There you go. I I, I pretend Arthur Two is non-canon. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people do. Um, okay, unless you got anything else, shall we pick? Yeah, let's, the next uh, film. Let's work out the next film. All right. Let's see. We just did a comedy. Before that, we did an action movie, and we did. I think we did a sports comedy. Um, uh, what about sci-fi? Maybe. Sci-fi could be good. Um, let's see. Like, are we doing more like heavy sci-fi? Or what do you? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? What about? We just kind of talked about this actor, but he only had a cameo in this movie. What about the Fly? Hey, the Fly. Fly. All right. Okay. A little, uh, little Goldblum action. There we go. All right. Let's change it up. Go back to sci-fi with the Fly. The Fly. Yeah. I think I think that puts us right in in a genre we haven't really looked at in a while. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's really Solaris. Solaris, yeah, which was kind of offbeat for a sci-fi. I I remember us both liking the film Solaris, but like hmm. I don't know how many of our guests or guests I don't know how many of our listeners would know it offhand. Right. So this is a little bit more mainstream. I'm looking forward to that gold bloom action. <laughs> Cool. All right. So next time, let's watch The Fly. All right. All right. Well, I'm Dan Bulick. Uh, you can find us on, what, Twitter, Retro vs. Remake, Facebook, Retro vs. Remake, Instagram, Retro vs. Remake. remake. Uh, we got the YouTube channel, which is obviously where you're watching this now. Yeah. Um, the podcast is on iTunes. Spotify. Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Um, so reach out to us let us know what you thought did you guys agree about Arthur did you disagree did we miss anything definitely let us know in the comments below Um, but yeah that'll do it for me yeah and I'm Reggie Parker you can find me at RP Comedy on uh, Twitter and Instagram but definitely check us out on all things Retro vs. Remake as Dan mentioned um, Retro vs. Remake on Instagram Facebook Spotify YouTube hey the above I'm having a lot of fun watching these films, and I hope you're having a lot of fun listening. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for stopping by. This has been another episode of Retro vs. Remake. Remake.